you tell people you're from New Orleans, first thing they think about is uh, voodoo or something like that, some shit. Hardly any of them ever <laughs> just think of the food, music. You believe in that voodoo stuff? And it's always, oh, man, is it real? Say it's all real if you believe it. And you ever practice it? <laughs> Have I ever practiced magic? How? Oh, I think I was practicing magic before I even knew it was magic. When I was a kid, you know, in the projects, I remember walking around, around. They always had piles of gravel and dirt. I always brought new rock, little, little uh, rocks with crystals in it. And I got to like those little pebble rocks out of the uh, water. I didn't know then that they were water. But I, I always collected rocks. I've always been close to the sun. Or nature, I guess, in a sense that uh, because of vertical, that set me off apart by myself sometimes. When I got dizzy, I would uh, go in the room, lay down by myself, and even in the daytime, if I got dizzy, lay down and be in the back by myself in the back room in the project boys' room. And I lay there with my eyes closed. And I'd be meditating. I guess I was meditating back then or doing something. But uh, I love the night. Love the stars. Lights go out at night. We always had an older person or somebody to tell us what stars shit. I knew uh, about the Milky Way, the Big Dipper, Little Dipper. Orion, Beetlejuice, before shit, I was uh, even in school. But somebody was always there to point it out. You know, and music. We used to have music around. Kids always sing and dancing. You know, music is part of magic, too. Music is a big part of magic. Just the vocals and stuff actually send waves of sound measured just like electricity. No, everybody got music. They got a song. I got the music in me. Everybody got a tune in them. And it's a tune that's... I guess some would say magically connected to everything. The environment, nature, universe. And it's measurable, too. I think it's on the from the five to the thirty hertz scale, frequency scale. And they also got some shits they call white noise, just fucking static, picking up. Don't know where it come from or anything. But it's there. But I had, uh, 
I have been thinking about magic for a while since I had mentioned it. And um, I know it had to be magic back then because, I mean, hell, what else could it be? I mean, I was a kid, didn't even know what I was doing. But, you know, we born with things. Magic ain't nothing but a connection. It's a mental thing, you know. <laughs> it, it is. It's a stone-cold mental thing. And it ain't that David Copperfield shit illusionist lie. You know, Houdini was a skate artist, you know. Uh, it wasn't magic at all. Real magic shit. Was like my daddy cooking. Anybody cooking. Shit was like Joan cooking. Don't cook her ass off. Something you look forward to. I'd even uh, eat that crab stew and know damn well I was gonna break out of an allergic reaction, but that shit was so good. Smelled so good. And I took part in making it because I had to get the crabs and clean them, but she didn't matter. I guess uh, magic you look at. Uh, I said once before that I <laughs> uh, seen some strange shit. Whether they speak magical or supernatural, would that be part of the real magical world? No, uh, some supernatural shit is just uh, some shit that long lives alongside of us. We might think of it as magic, but it's as natural as we are. We just not privy to seeing them because we don't open up our mind and use the real magic we got inside it. Now, living in New Orleans, whether you're Catholic, Baptist, or don't go to church at all, kind of think about the, uh, kind of live a life to avoid certain what said magic what we people would call the voodoo, but we just call it some bullshit, but people did it anyway. You don't know if it worked or have worked. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of men in love with women, but that's natural. <laughs> she didn't drop no period in his gravy and serve it to him. So you never ate a woman's gravy, red gravy, <laughs> unless you knew it, unless you was your mother. Or Even your wives, you don't make watch, watch that gravy. I mean, eat that gravy unless you know it. who made it. That and a couple of other things. You know, Orlando shit. Knew about killing somebody with a fucking tea before. I was even in elementary. And it was just so many little things, and I can't even remember them all. What about calling a witch in the bathroom window, in the bathroom mirror? That's some shit I didn't play with. Because I kind of knew back then the mind thing was more than what people took it for. And see, I used to even mention shit like that to my friends, you know. I'm trying to be mental or heavy or nothing. But I used to sit there and talk, try to talk, but they they didn't know what I was talking about. I really didn't know what I was talking about. I was try, trying to talk and get this these things out of my head early. I remember my wife's... Uh, Mandy, I don't know if she went to church or not. And the reason I say church with magic, because that's all it is. Um, this Christian church is nothing but some made-up, put-together shit that 
was done a few thousand years ago, transformed and molded differently along the way, fixed with some historical stuff. And uh, it's called uh, a congregation. People get together and pray and worship and work towards one thing, you know, and that, that one thing with all this mental projection, so-called working for these one thing, it'll get, it get accomplished. Now you got to determine what these things are that you use in your mind for because it does collectively with other minds has a very powerful force. And people just don't believe that. But that's church. So Mandy, I don't know if Mandy went to church. Uh, Joan, Joan didn't go to church, but she believed in God. And she, she was a spiritual, spiritual person. And I say more than any one of them, that's the wife I was connected with. And, you know, I could be sitting anywhere, a thousand miles away and think of her and get a phone call. And like, I knew you, what, what's up? I was just thinking of shit like that. Um, and I kind of had it with all my wife, but that severed that connection, and it really didn't uh, last long, especially since I, I'm the one who severed it. But uh, Lillian was a very spiritual person. When she, uh, we visited New Orleans cause from Phoenix. She uh, had to go see Marie Laveau Grave. And then, you know, she's, she was the kind of person who felt spirits. Um, and she mentioned it to me. And I agree with I didn't... I didn't know about feeling spirits. I've seen shit, but as far as feeling, I mean, I've just had this feeling, and only feeling I ever had was just natural feelings of when I see shit, it wasn't unnatural. Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't, I don't want to say scared or fearful. I mean, I would just watched it and look and a lot of things in life you might see happening you just couldn't do nothing but stand there or sit there or whatever you're doing and watch it and look at it and see what's gonna happen like a spider crawling up a fucking screen in the rain you know and you just laying there and you got to watch this fucking spider but supernatural religion The supernatural. <clears throat> they would say voodoo's supernatural. Voodoo's just another part of religion, but voodoo's some powerful shit. Voodoo is powerful in the fact that it looked for different things. They use the Christian fate, the mental projection already, but they're going after different things. And, you know, you talk about the voodoo zombies and different things. Is that real? I think it's a drug-induced zombieism that's real like that. But is it part of magic? Just the worship and the mental projection of it. Now, see, I, w I went to church until, and I questioned church. I really did question church. As soon as I was able to stop going to church once we graduated. Once you graduated from high school, you ain't had to go to church anymore. Or once, yeah, that was it. You you didn't, but, you know, living under your parents, you didn't really lie and say, well, I went to church Saturday night and you could get away with that for a while. 
before you have to move out or go to start going to church again. But I questioned church back then. Now, I remember in church, you know, I, I just simply asked for this damn uh, toy. And if I'd have figured if there was a God in that form or another like that, now I would have, you know, I should have got at least a conversation from God, but I didn't get anything. And he would have got he would have got one of his staunchest followers. But he didn't answer me or anything. Didn't give me a uh the drum, give me a kid drum. I mean, and you also gotta be careful with your expert too. Because, you know, you can uh See, but what I found about the Christian God, you know, he's going to tax your damn dreams, your wishes, and everything, your mental projection, you know, because he know you're usually asking for something that's non-obtainable. Now, I asked for a fucking hundred and something dollar drum. I shouldn't have asked for that. Should have been smart enough to know we couldn't afford that drum. So I spoiled that magic by asking the wrong <laughs> kind of magic to come to my aid. So... I uh, started questioning God early in life, you know. Damn, I had to be about 12 or 4, 12 years old. Just about the time you really get interested in girls. And uh, I remember sitting in church challenging God, you know. And I would look at this little girl I would watch almost every Sunday. And imagine this little girl undressed in church at that age. But, you know, I didn't have God hold of my... uh, uh, Brother stash of magazines. It was my brother's or my dad's, one of them. But anyway, I uh, I challenged that, and I didn't get any response from God. You know, Jesus didn't even talk to me. Now I know if they had, they'd have called me crazy. You know, well, the white folks, because they already established the fact that anybody who's talking about God is goddamn crazy. <laughs> So just like this magic thing, unless you believe in Copperfield or somebody like that, your ass is really fucking crazy. But I uh, left New Orleans, went in the military. Mm, you know, go out. It didn't have nothing to do with anything other than meeting people. Uh, Dizziness didn't set in a lot. I was doing a lot of different things, living out in New Mexico desert. Not in the desert, I was in the military. And I just, uh, I was homesick for New Orleans in the beginning when I first went in the military. God knows I wanted to go home bad. And I hung in there the first six months, and then it was like, okay, it was cake. Maybe the first two months, three months. Then it was cake, it was like a job, and I just got pushed around, I pushed around, moved around for this job. I uh, wanted a certain job in the military, had to wait a long time till it got open, never came around, so I ended up a mechanic. Did that shit out on the flight line, and that was one of them places where if I go out on on a flight line, I could smoke my weed as I worked. And I usually had my cigar box. I mean, weed wasn't looked down upon. They had the golden floor and stuff. 
But I've always smoked weed. I've, uh, I watched my brother them try pills and different things, but it wasn't me. I never, uh, I used to watch the Dauphines, whatever we call them. The Dauphines on that heroin in the project and shit, you know, and I just, I just never, ever, you know, wanted to lose or ingest something or take something that would have me lose control of my mental state like that. And I mean, I thought all that, that's, that's what that was. And how can you get, I mean, if, if grown folks, if I see grown folks slipping like that, how can I be strong enough other than just avoid the shit? So, I never took drugs or anything. I always just smoked that weed. And it got along good with me. That was magic to me, God damn. That kept me. I would spend, my world was a spinning world, a dizzy world. And it was hell walking around living in that shit. But as I smoked marijuana, it kind of tilted it back a little level. And I was able to walk and deal with shit. And, um, God, that's all I did, smoke weed. I guess I say I became a stoner, but I wasn't like a stoner. Shit, I love school, and I would get some fucking good weed and go to school. Do all kind of shit with the mat. The gym volleyball, I played fucking sports high as a fucking guinea. And I love some volleyball, and that was magic to me. Oh, that made me look so good, feel so good. Wham! Slam a ball down. Now, that was magic. <laughs> and everybody loved that volleyball, loved square dancing, and kids getting together like that, just having fun, no fighting, no, no killing. We wasn't even doing that back then. Had fights, but not like now. But I didn't uh, really, I don't think, you know, do anything more magical or believe in any more magic than uh, what a New Orleanian believed in. Voodoo, yeah. We know it. people believe in it. Is it real? Mm, I don't want another question. And I don't want nobody to try to put shit on me. Because half the time that'd be poison. Put on going to do something to you anyway. But uh, no, I mean, it's like believing in God. You might question he's real, but, you know, I'm going to just hold on to it in case the day I die, something going to be uh, on the other side. That's what a lot of people think. But, you know, because the thing is, I heard in some shit the other day, Somebody said, well, you need to just trust in God. It's like, trust in God? Look how he made my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's part of that magic. The Christian magic is uh, obedience, subjugation. You know, um, Muslim marriage, Jewish marriage, they're all the same. Got the white boys on top. That's the magic he knows. But real magic, fuck, that shit be beyond them. They using shit I don't think they even know they're using, though. No. I don't even think they know they even have that ability. 
you know, because they, they wait till some professor who didn't study this year come up and say, yep, there are some mental physical abilities that man has that are distinctly different. Yeah, that's the kind of shit they want to tell you from a professional. But let me tell you, magic is a mental thing. It's, uh, remember Stevie said, if it's magic, why can't it be everlasting? Now, <laughs> that's the thing about magic. A lot of time it's fleeting, fast, momentary, instantaneous joy, sadness. But then... Sometimes magic's forever. Just like the magic we admit. We admit music. Music is magical. Sound. Any sound. Thing about sound. Music, sound. It's an energy. It's a force. And it uh, breaks barriers. They talk about the void of space. No sound. Certain areas are until a sound pop up. Flat or different. But that void is gone once that... Because a void mean or vacuum mean in, in the terms of space, no sound. But sound, that magic sound. And the sound of your body emits past that shit too. Into it, intertwined into it. And get mixed with it. Now that's that body sound, that body magic. And it's measurable. Excellent. They got all kinds of ways to measure those hurts in your body. They even measure that shit to the point of at debt. At debt. That's just a minute waste, weight loss. As that magic in you, as that spirit, that's that mental thing you feel when you think. That's that soul. Where does the soul in the mind or in the heart? <laughs> Can't be in the heart. We fucked up our hearts a long time ago with fucked up magic. Because we just disconnect from was real. Now, talk about the ancient man a lot. I like to say ancient man was for one prehistoric. That's all I mean it was pre history. And that's not right. That's not even feasible to say something like that. But okay. The magic in that is to give it false information. And it worked. We know nothing about what was before. They told us was historic. History recorded. <laughs> That's history to do. And ain't the uh, verbal history, ain't the character histories on the walls or the pyramids all around the world. That ain't it. It ain't it because they hadn't figured out what it said yet and if they want to steal a shit. You know, because the magic part 
of that history is that prehistory is gathered, dug up, taken to European cities. One time they was doing magic on it. I thought it was so magical to be from Egypt, to have this uh, ancient Egyptian bones. They would take them home and grind them up and use them. Eat them. That's magic. That's the Christian magic. But anyway, let me get to some real, real magic. I started working in the bars in New Orleans. And uh, in the French quarters, I should say. Uh, but before then, I was already into synths. You know, and I didn't... Colognes, I should say colognes. Because I, at the, you know, wives buy your cologne and uh, they buy one that they usually like. And I was wearing some, uh, God, I couldn't even think. I hadn't gone beyond the point of um, that aftershave shit, you see, Old Spice and everything else, you know. I was getting real cologne. <laughs> but I started working in the quarters and I used to discuss go around discovering places a little more than, you know, I had when I was a resident because uh, I had a lot of time in my hand, especially, you know, I had to split up, you know, was alone then at the time. And uh, I discovered a shop with oils. Oh, my God, they had oils, incense, all kind of shit. And you would just walk in that place, and I would just smelling and feel this fucking vibe. And God damn, if I didn't start going there at least once a week, picking up my incense, and I could have picked up incense, but I used oils too, and I started talking about the oils and different things, and I started learning about the oils. I started learning that a lot of these oils had been used in ancient Egypt, burial rites. So I'm like, okay. I started looking into stuff like that. Um, and I, God, I couldn't even tell you how I looked into things like that because I wasn't familiar with computers. I don't even think computers was really around then because that was in the um, 80s. And um, I loved this shop, and I just started using that oil. I, you know, found out what oils were good for uh, relaxation, meditation, and different things. And I started using that frankincense, myrrh. I loved those two. They became a long, long part of me and still part of me. Uh, I've got some incense in the door now, and I don't like to burn them much, but scents are magic too. Scents put you in certain moods, scents keep you in certain moods. Um, but that's not all the magic, you know, it's just a little part of magic. I, um,. Like I said, worked in the French Quarter, and uh, Joan and I ended up splitting up because I'm fucking around now and not coming home and shit. So, you know, it ended. And uh, got home one day, my shit, the door, my key didn't work. <laughs> and I didn't beat the door down or nothing. I'm like, fuck. I walked away. Hell, what could I expect? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Magic of love fell apart. And I um, walked off 
I don't even know where I stayed. I guess I stayed with the girl I was fucking around with. And I ended up uh, moving in with uh, three women, four women, really. Two from Canada and uh, two from England. And I was going with one of them from England, Leslie. Leslie Horstaff. Yeah. Leslie left and I went to uh, Australia, finished a little joy ride around the world. And I, I stayed in the apartment with the three women, you know. And uh, what that, okay. We were all worked in the boy industry, you know. I usually had time off different than they had time off. We usually just hung out maybe once or twice a week, you know. I didn't just start making it happen. But then I still hung out in the quarter with Andrew, with Chris, with the other fellas. We would be in the club, fuck around with the women dancing, seeing who we could take. Oh, fuck, I, was, I can't even mention that. That was magic of uh, the French Quarter of the Lure. And I um, started reading some books they had around there. It's about witchcraft, Wicca. Warlord. I mean, this was real shit. This wasn't no fucking Dungeon and Dragon game. So I uh, started checking them out. Okay, candles and different things. I understood what it was all about. You know, it's more about nature. Uh, but, you know, they had books on everything stones, crystals. Uh, mental projection, meditation. Shit, I learned how to astro travel. Woo! A scary ride in space between the stars. Sitting up high, you know, looking down, and I'm scared of fucking heights, and you will always hear that shit, but something about that. Uh, meditation. I learned how to meditate. God. And I... I did this on my own. You understand? I had the books, the tools. Just like going to drug rehab. You take what you need. You read it all. Take it all in. Or if it's feasible enough to take it all in. And you use what you gotta use. Because you can't encompass it all. Take it all. Because it takes dedication to that, that one source or part of magic that you're trying to practice and that's all it is that's just like religion when they set up the saints and everybody else saints and different little underling gods all that is is setting up a possession of thought of of uh, a hierarchy a system and uh, you know Wicca is a system but it's still sort of like a little religious naturalist religious space which is better than any of them and, and, and that's what I like about Wicca or witchcraft is that you can call it whatever you want and I just uh, was dabbling in it and I was just because I mean look the way I saw it I went to fucking church isn't that not dabbling in Christianity so I dabbled in that and I'm like whoa I mean it's the oils after I found out how the oils were perceived and did I believe it all? No. All of it? No. But if I put enough in it myself 
I could actually make these things what they were supposed to be or better. So it's all about the the uh, thing. So I dabbled in Wicca, and uh, they had the books around. They didn't know I was reading or I or, or dabbling, I guess, or anything. So and Disha was like, I guess, the strong wish, and Jesse, her sister. And um, the friend, what was her name? Uh, that was Lorraine. Lorraine Redhead from uh, <laughs> Goddamn Redhead Irish Woman, I believe. But uh, they were all into magic. And I don't know how they met, but, you know, the, Jessie ran the 7-Eleven. Uh, she was running 7-Eleven. Actually, that's how I got hired because of Jesse. Andrew bought me there one day and said, hey, why don't you get the bubble right Because I worked that deja vu. And Deja Vu, I wasn't just making no money, especially because it was a local place for, not local, but bartenders and stuff. Some of the tips were good, but if it was slow, I didn't get a good tip from them. So, so I used these books and I uh, set up a circle with the pentagram in it. Now that ain't witchcraft. And uh, I mean, not voodoo or whatever you call that other shit. Satanism. Though I looked at that shit and it's, you know, it's a force. It's a force that they can use to harness, you know, magic, the energy, along with the music and the uh, sense and the uh, chanting and the search. And that's the thing about it. It's a, it's a, Okay, I got I It's a it's a process of doing things to establish a connection from you to what you want. Now, Wicca you go through different I won't, I don't want to say prayers, but candles, rituals, you got to open up the circle with the knife, close the circle, step in the circle. And uh, shit like that, you project it. I mean, and you sit in a circle, you meditate, you travel, do whatever you want to ask for or to get accomplished, see how to accomplish whatever you want because it's not so much you're asking for stuff. You're asking for the help of the the priestess and different uh, other little deities. And you would do that like that and then you would, do it all reverse and step out of the circle. Now, we uh, lived on Burgundy right before, uh, was it Legion Field? Might have been. And uh, the living room was nice side. It had one of them, it was a shotgun, it had one of them fucking tall ceilings. Got in there, hated it during the wintertime. But I cleared that out one day, put my circle down there, you know, my mental circle, because that's all. I, I was easier doing that, you know. I had mechanical drawing in school, so uh, it was always easy for me to visualize things. Plus, I spent my world with my eyes closed a lot, and there always was drawings or something, figures, something going on inside my eyes, you know, these lights dashing across there, those black spots, you know, you... 
So it was easy for me to put this cross down there, make this pentagram, put these uh, um, candles in the corner, and step into that circle, use my knife, which was a real knife, bring my stuff in there, stones and everything, and my incense burning. And I uh, stepped in this circle, did my thing. I couldn't tell you how long I was in there. Came out when I felt when I came or whatever. When I came out, I um, closed that circle and I left it there forever <laughs> in my mind. But the thing about that is I didn't tell these women anything about that. And uh, so they come home and they are uh, talking, and I don't even know if I'm home or not. And uh, so Disha, Jesse. Jesse didn't feel nothing. Deesha said, hey, something in the house. Something's going on. She didn't know if it was good or bad. I mean, just say something's going on in the house. Some powerful shit in this house. So uh, when they came home, when I got home, they asked me, like, hey, did you do anything in here today? I mean, what, before you go to work, you know, not asking me. I don't even know if they was asking me about a circle or magic or anything. I'm like, I don't understand. Well, Deesha said she felt something. I said, well, I've done a little magic. I've had been reading the books and stuff. And, you know, it was started a whole new thing. And uh, soon, you know, they was trying to get me to do magic with them. But I was always one of those who wore us. For one, I was still skeptical of it. Because, I mean, I hadn't learned anything except for one portion of another bit of another religion, you know, it was spiritual and naturalist, and I mean, they were protecting the earth, you know, I thought it had its limits, and uh, I don't know what its limits was, it was more than I had done before, more than I, f I felt better with that than I had in church, so that was, uh, I didn't, I didn't deal with it. So I, I used it, I kept what I wanted of it and the mental the uh, mental side of it the astral travel the meditation i still had my oils to calm me down of course i had my incense to cover up the weed and um worked i kept on working dabbled a little bit with the wicker and i ended up uh <laughs> i ended up not in trouble but with the court court just wouldn't bother me along with Amanda. You know, she didn't took my fucking kids. I'm trying to get the kids, but you know, they keep on wanting to bring me to court for a raise on a, a child support and shit, but won't give me a fucking uh, hearing to even see my daughters. And she just took them completely. And that's another thing. I was looking for something to heal me while I waited for my child or the ability to see my child. Because, I mean, it was either... I was going to have to kill her mom or something. But, and you know, I came close to that, but I couldn't fuck myself up with that kind of magic. You know, being responsible like that. <laughs> so I, um, I even, uh, I was going back and forth to court. I mean, these motherfuckers just always sending me a goddamn uh, subpoenas, though to show up and I show up for court, they want to ask for more money. Tell me to go get another job and shit, you know, and I'm like, damn, you, you know what I'm doing? I'm a bartender. Oh, well, I'm working in the bar business. 
So uh, I paid, paid. I mean, they had me paying like 400 a fucking month. This was like in the goddamn 80s. And I wasn't making but fuck 600 a month. Oh, my God. I was in trouble, yeah. I mean, I was barely making. Wasn't getting to see my kids and shit. And uh, I uh, went to the voodoo man. Now, I met him through uh, my roommates. You know, Wicker's magic kind of like that other than Christianity, Muslims, and Jews, they fight each other. Other religions like the Wicca, the Voodoo, the priest is different. And they get along. They cross lines. Uh, no, it's all about the magic. So it's all about the harmony, all about the nature, all about, you know, the mental side of things. And though they both are a little different, they are... Uh, they're kind of similar is what they want. A lot, a lot of people say voodoo black magic. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> you wouldn't know black magic. Magic is magic is how you turn it or able to turn it or seek to turn it. And uh, Christianity is some black shit, you know, some dark shit. You know, all these, you know, dark religions don't look to heal the earth, help the earth, uh, live within earth parameters. Uh, they look to conquer earth and every man and now they're trying to conquer fucking space what kind of magic. But I had uh, text this guy. Fuck, I can't even think his name. He's a, the karate instructor and he had uh, Chief Blackhawk was the voodoo god he uh, worshipped. And he used to sit in sit in that studio because he was right there on Canal Street. Just past the... Uh, 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 on Canal Street, just past the, the bridge, the overpass. Where that studio sat for fucking years and never know what's inside it till you step inside one day. And um, he had... I met him. You know, because he used to come out, hang out with us and stuff in the bars. And I met him through the girls. So, black dude. And we would uh, tell him about the problem I'm having with this fucking cold. Can't see my children and shit. And he told me to stop on by the place. He would have me put a spell if I wanted to. I'm like, oh, yeah? Yeah. Just come on. So I went there. You know, he was just closing up, doing this, you know, karate and stuff, sending his class home. And he's talked to me. So he talked to me about uh, what he believed in his magic and stuff. And um, I, I don't even know if he called it magic because I don't think anybody ever, I heard any, ever, ever heard anybody call what they done magic. But he told me about it. And what it was was that he... Uh, Used Black Hawks. Black Hawk had uh, uh, other gods that he used, but his primary god was Black Hawk. Black Hawk could get the other god to do what he wants. Now, the thing was, it was a procession of where you had to gather certain things uh, and bring to Black Hawk, like rum, cigars. And it was over a matter of days and, you know, just not no impossible shit like a 
tall frog toe, a frog toe, <laughs> oh, a uh, 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 eye of a dirty fish. It wasn't no shit like that. It was, you know, cigars, uh, rum, um, the one fifty one rum. And now, you know, you might think the guy was drinking it, but no, he didn't. You know, he uh, actually had me open that rum, take a little thing out, pour it on the statue or around a statue and had another one sit right there and the the bottle was sealed back up and put next to that uh statue um i don't even think he told me what he do with it you know later but the cigars burn one cigar put there put the other pack there and i was appeasing this god now he was there at the time and you know so it was also his mental projection actually uh uh there in the in as well, and every time, and this was over a week, you know, and it was even a, the name of the uh, judge. Any one of the judges who sat in my case, you know, and it was like for fucking real. Uh, I had to get some pyrite, some gold pyrite, because they also had the scent place there with stones. So I uh, gathered these things and uh, I bought them there. Said the little prayer chant and uh, told me just go and forget about this shit. Now, I had another court date just pending. I think maybe a month or so later. And I went to that court date. And, you know, I don't know what it was about. It was already paying child support and stuff. It was maybe about another fucking e increase. So just, it was just a harassment. Because that's, man, they ain't had nothing to do but fucking harass me. Not let me see my children, but harass me. And um, I went to court. They had no record of me being there or needing to be there. And I even showed them the paper. Little blue paper, court papers, summit. No, no, we don't have none. Get the fuck out of here. Because up until that time, I was hiding in the French Quarter. Not so much hiding, but, you know, I was just trying to stay out of the courts. I swear, because that's what they want to fucking do, keep you in there. So... I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And then I just started making plans. I left. Got out of New Orleans. That's when me and Angela hit the road. But even before then, I was dabbled in another magic because I didn't go back to voodoo. I took what I got from voodoo, combined it with what I had from Wicca. Mm, I'm like, okay, I'm a little more powerful. But then you always got to challenge yourself, try to do something. And I know everybody remember Chicken Man in the French Quarter who always bought that New Orleans-style magic there. Made people think of this was what it was about. Chicken feet hanging on his neck, his little straw hat, cowboy shape, old and dirty, all these trinkets hanging from him, walking with his big old staff. Got all his bags and pouches and shit, little trinkets he's selling to the people. Oh, boy. I tried to use him. 
that just didn't. It worked. I'm not going to say it worked. It didn't work. It worked opposite what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted. And that might have been the first bit of magic I tried even before I uh, stepped into Wicker. Maybe it would force me into Wicker because I'm sure I was reading about it. But Chicken George, Chicken Man, uh, I told him I love to. I want both of them. Help me. Say, you sure? Say, yeah. He said, well, it could go one way or the other way. You could get them or not. Shit, after I did his little trick and threw my shit in the river, I guess the river took it the wrong fucking way. Because I lost them both. <laughs> but uh, I left New Orleans. Took a ride. Took a ride all the way up to Alaska. Now that was some magic shit. Even though it caused me pause in the mountain because of dizziness. That was some fucking magical shit. I just soaked that shit up. Soaked it up so much and moved so fast on the road. Because we flew. I mean, we drove. And, um... Nature itself. I mean, once that shit... Now, I lived in New Orleans. And it's got its own... Own beauty, own uh, magic. Own sights. You know, the tall pines. The oaks, the fucking reach from one canal to the other canal. Crooked, bent on. The direct opposite of a tall pine and everything in between them. But Alaska, that fucking place down. Had a little bit of everything. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Ice, snow, river, even some damn, uh, what do they call that? Them baths with them hot water baths. Thermo baths, thermo outlets. Was in one in uh, Canada. A week after a woman got killed by a bear there. That was my last time stopping there. And I think I hurried, kept my eyes open, was nervous the whole time I was in there. It is, I'm boiling like a steak for this goddamn beer. Stew. But no, that was the shit. But I got to Alaska, and uh, after a couple of years, I was, uh, I worked the line for the first year, made my money like that, worked like a madman making that money. And I, by the third year, I was running the kitchen, the cookhouse. Now, You know, the thing about magic, it takes time. It takes time to develop. And sometimes the thought of magic or the power of magic, even before you even think about magic, perceives you. And it was just simply where I was from. Everybody by that time, three years, you know, we, me and Angela, you know, a rarity there because not many blacks was in, up in Alaska and suit where we were. And... Uh, we were somewhat an oddity, so people got to know us, knew us from New Orleans, you know, even before they met me, they're talking to Angelo, and, you know, yeah, he's from New Orleans. Hey, I hear you're from New Orleans. Yeah, what about that voodoo? <laughs> the cooking, the food, the drinking. Oh, what about Mardi Gras? 
Is it real? Shit like that. So, you know, it usually perceives you. And everybody think you believe in magic or believe in voodoo or practice voodoo. Or either Christian or either saint. You know, something about New Orleans. You, you cook? Everybody cook if they want to eat. Not really. But I uh, used to have to get up early in the morning to uh, feed the crew. I couldn't tell you how many people, 300 people, you know, worked in the plant. You know, maybe 350 350 total for the whole plant. So, you know, we were responsible for feeding these people three meals a day. And uh, years before, they hadn't had no rooms in the back. And I was having trouble with one of the workers, Eddie. He was a machinist. I worked with him, not with him, but I worked in that department when I was operating one of those machines. This motherfucker would just... Every morning, get up and get up, start the fucking yelling like he's yelling at a fucking child, a boy. I'm some kid. You know, they done told these mechanics they fucking special. And, you know, they got that notion that everybody going to kiss their ass because we the mechanics and we keep these machines going. And if it wasn't for us, wouldn't be no motherfucking fish coming out the plant. For a minute, that might happen, but your ass will be fired soon. But see, that's what they let them get away with, that notion. And um, that's why they even put them in the back there without even thinking. Built some rooms in the back of a fucking uh, cookhouse. In between the cookhouse and the fucking freezer. So anyway, I had to get up there every morning, go there. Open up at uh, 6 o'clock, but so that means I got to be there at 4.35 o'clock in the morning just to go fucking start cooking. And every morning, Eddie think he going to tell me, shit, give me the fucking blues. Or trying to. I just handle it and say, fuck off, man. Leave me the fuck alone. You go to the office and everything else. Hey, what you about to... You can't do nothing about the noise. Like, what the fuck do y'all mean do something about the noise? I got a job here, and, you know, I had to fucking feed these people. There's no way around that shit. Now, they put a fucking uh, off-season. I wasn't around. Nobody who represented the cookhouse was around and put fucking apartments back there. Four rooms back there for the maintenance men. Okay. Somebody should have thought about opening the motherfucking freezer and see how it sound in there. Or call and say something, but nobody done nothing. So, every morning he think he gonna tell me to be the quiet, man. Fuck off. And he got to the point of like, move. Dude, fuck off. I would slam shit then. You think I'm joking now? You up? Good. I'm mad. And I got everybody up. You call yourself going back to bed now, bitch. You you up fuss and bam. Till he stopped that bullshit. And the only way he stopped that bullshit, we used to send him lunch over. Every day. Every day they worked. 
We sent lunch to the mechanics in the plant because they were special, you know, and they couldn't leave their job for 10, 15 minutes, come have lunch, and then go back to work, you know? Because they was, wasn't getting paid for lunch, but we skated to where the plant was anyway. But uh, we used to send their food, and they knew what we was having because I always had a planned lunch mostly. And uh, they would send their order in, and we would feel that order. Now, we used to write their name on the things. So there wouldn't be no confusion. It was always different. It had an assortment of food, maybe two, three choices. Salad, desserts. And um, I didn't put the names on the plate. I started telling Marilyn, put Eddie's name in red. Let's see what happened. Oh, yeah, Marilyn ready for that. You know, Marilyn, no, I'm from New Orleans. All right, Marilyn, joyful. And just ready to hit him up. Because she didn't like that shit either. She was in there in the morning when he come. And, you know, they kind of thought Marilyn was like one of them ghetto white girls. What they saw as trailer trash. So Marilyn was cool. Marilyn was an old man, big fucking dude. Had to be about 500 pounds. But they were cool. Now... That shit started happening right away. About three or four days, they start coming to me and say, hey, why y'all putting that name in red? What do you mean? I ain't doing nothing. They go ask Marilyn, Marilyn like, man, leave me alone with this. You know, Marilyn was straight up Alaska. Hardcore Alaska up to the bone. I mean, I ain't talking about no polite one. I'm talking about who lived Alaska. Did this seasonal thing every year. Oh, no, man was good at this shit. It was a fucking habit. Marilyn said, man, you want yours in red? At the end of that. Come back and say, man, what y'all doing? What you doing to Eddie food? What you mean? Dude can't eat. He hasn't eaten yet. Can't eat his food. Get sick. <laughs> I don't want to even hear about that shit, man. So, nah, he, Eddie can't eat. Eddie ain't fucking with me no more in the morning, though. That shit ended. Eddie's supervisor come over to me. No, no, I think they ended up bringing me to the office. Talk about Eddie. That was before I started putting the shit in red. That's actually why I put it in red. He tried to get me, the office, to tell me to fucking be quiet so he could sleep. Man, fuck you. I got a job to do. And if the office, the plant manager, tell me some bullshit about this, and like I told the plant manager, nobody asks anybody about in, in the kitchen about this. Now, you tell me, how do I get to that cooler in the morning to get my shit to make breakfast for these people to start if I can't wake Eddie up? And then I made it all about Eddie then. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, see if you could quiet with the noise. I bam! Ha <laughs> ha, motherfucker. You pissed me off. So... 
The name in red had happened after that. Eddie can't eat. Now Eddie's supervisor, Mike, who I worked under, who actually hired me on the fucking th uh, machine, come to me want to know what's going on. Wrong. That's the wrong fucking attitude. You gotta ask me, what the fuck going on? Didn't Eddie tell you? So I'm hostile now. Because you didn't play me, what's the fuck going on? Who do you think you are? So I had to walk him through the shit. Bam! Just the fucking thing, man. When y'all built this shit, nobody thought about this. I got to get up in the morning and do this, dude. And what y'all trying to do? Try to close that, open that quietly. Nothing happened. You can't open it quietly. That's one of them big old fucking freezer locks. You got a cooler. Huge cooler, then the freezer. Both of them got the same kind of doors. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Eddie got sick. Mike left there. Can't nobody do fuck. I mean, what the fuck? I, I got to do this shit now, you know? I mean, fuck. You, I'm not letting this little motherfucker come up against me, treat me like this shit, and then get the whole plant to say, yeah. Yeah, come on. Just be quiet. Fuck you. Ain't no be quiet in this job. Come on now. So, Mike walked away from there. He is still stuck up his ass. Frank, Frank and a little woman who worked there would come there and just laugh and joke. They didn't eat there no more. They would eat their lunch in the plant. I mean, over at the uh, cookhouse. Season was, you know, still going. They would come over there, especially the girls. She'd sit there and talk to Marilyn. Let her know what's going on. Eddie was having the blues. You know, they all tried to know what we was doing. We wasn't doing the fuck. They was doing it all. Get it? They looking for Eddie to get sick. They looking for something to happen to Eddie. And they were. They they couldn't wait for something to happen to Eddie. And they made it happen. That's how magic works. Use your mind or somebody else's mind. Was that voodoo magic? Fuck no. That was just mental projection. Mental, whatever, recovery. <laughs> all I know, it wasn't me who made Eddie sick. It was all the people who worked for him, waiting for him to get sick, waiting for something to happen. Because his name was in red, and he couldn't eat. And finally, one day, Eddie came there. He want to talk. I ain't even make it easy for him either. And I just stuck to my gun. This is what I say. There's no way I'm going to open up this fucking place without opening that damn door in the back there. That's all to it. I say get earplugs, whatever, dude. I don't know what to tell you. No, I'm just, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have been like that. Okay. 
that's what you say. But I'm still saying, I, you say, I know, I know. I'm not saying anything other than I'm sorry. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Kind of kicked that shit my head on the side and looked at him. Good. Mm. Did I hurt the boy? I closed the case that day. I said, look, man, I'm sorry, too. And we'll get past this shit. And the next thing you know, you're gone. Marilyn stopped putting his name in black again. <laughs> and he was able to eat. End of the season, he was joking. Want to be my friend, joking and laughing. And I went to, went up there in 2016. He saw me, Eddie, like, whoa, Maurice, how you doing? Somebody told me he was here. Yeah, want to make sure you come and be nice, you know. But uh, I'm sure he remember that shit, too. Remember how fucking magic got his ass in trouble. But, you know, magic is pretty, pretty fucking deep, and it ain't nothing but the mind. Um, yeah, a lot of people waste time doing shit like that, what I've done. But more than anything, I, uh, I used Alaska for a lot of astral traveling. Oh, right there on the other side of the mountains and shit. And uh, I, I learned I was connected more to nature up there. Uh, stopped using oil so much up there because it was just like I was taking in the scent of everything there. Oh, man, and it was other. If you get away from the plant, which after a while smell like a fucking plant, but it wasn't no dirty sm plant smelling plant. I got to say that. Because I done stepped in some shit. Oh, the meal plan. Now, that was fucked. <laughs> and people know what I mean when I say that shit, the meal plan. That's like a, that's like a million damn cow urine and uh, feces mixed together. Put in front of fan boiling. But that was that. But anyway, magic, you know, I... um. Look out in the sky. That's magic. Travel, time. It's all connected, you know. And it's not magic, it's nature. It's natural. It's part of the universe. And, you know, we're a big part of that universe just by being alive, putting out impulses, pulses, signals, electrical signals, sound. No, you could put your sound on a musical scale. What would it sound like? Is it chaotic, harmonious, nice, sweet melody, or raging fucking guitar piano band? It's all how you make your world and connect with it. Uh, a lot to do on this earth has disrupted natural living, and no one really on earth is nowhere near living the way we should. Uh, Things got out of hand. And when I say go back again to the natural ways in the ancient days, it used to be just that, natural ways, where they didn't even cut a fucking tree down on this here earth without saying certain prayers or looking for other ways, but or finding a fallen tree. It was just something that they accepted and was given. They didn't go cut a tree down. So 
They protected her. They didn't pollute water. They didn't uh, piss in a stream <laughs> or dump shit in water. You know, not only killing the fish that lived there, killing us when we drank it later. Disease us. So, magic. Magic ain't nothing but living with God. <laughs> real God, you know. And that's why I, I never took every bit of uh, uh, one thing and said, that's it, because it's not. I mean, in this shit, I don't even know yet, and I'm still learning. I am. So, magic to me Everybody got it, and nobody really uh, know how to use it. Um, and we want to take old Magic 9 and make games of it, Dungeon and Dragon, um, make movies out of it, you know, Marie Laveau, you know, Voodoo Queen, Bayou Queen. Oh, what's uh, the um, Anne Rice? With uh, the Vampire Chronicle, that's that's some bullshit. Vampire, werewolf, that ain't no magic. That goes on a supernatural side, which really wouldn't be part of my supernatural because, you know, I had supernatural is nowhere connected to the magic, but supernatural is part of it, part of the natural. Says they just say super, and I don't know where that come from. Just you could call it a sub part of nature because it's not seen an unseen part of nature, nature's other dimension. And um, that's where I guess, you know, these other earthly creatures live that we just don't see. Like the, um, not the unicorn, <laughs> the leprechaun or the representation of a leprechaun that. God damn, I know I saw this thing running. Zoop, and, and I know there were thousands of people or hundreds of people following this fucking thing in the project. I uh, saw uh, something crawl up the side of a project window where they didn't have the, I mean, from the ground up to the second floor window like a fucking spider. And uh, next week, this kid who lived there was dead, got hit by a train. Me and my mom, when I was young, you know, we used to uh, walk up to the donut shop, get them day-old donuts as soon as they open. So many of us to feed. Cold donuts. Go, you get them donuts and coffee. But we, uh, it was foggy that morning. And we walked down the driveway, came out the driveway at that corner by Bynum's. Or where the uh, bowling alley structure was. Right at that corner where Desire split. And you could go towards Louisa Street or you could go to uh, Florida Avenue. And right at that corner, you know, walking there towards the project bar. And... Out of the fog, gulping up, 
a, a knife fight. I see two guys in old style clothes fighting, swinging knife blades at each other, fisting knife blades. You know, dancing around while this woman hollering and screaming, and I saw the dude just fire at the other one with this knife and hit him, and next thing that shit closed up. Yeah, I think I'm talking shit. That's it, I'm telling you. That's part of that unseen nature. Is it magic? It's part of it. And I wasn't into that early, so that was made me think. I mean, this is something that I saw myself and knew it was real, but not real. It was some, from somewhere else, but real. And I knew this early in life. So, all this other magic was feasible to me to look into and practice and try out and dabble in and... I just took it all, hold it together. And that's how I see it. See, magic is just part of nature, you know. And it's all not so much a part of conquering it. It's a part of living with it. You know, they've got these so-called blue zones all across the planet where people live into their hundreds. You could do that all over. And it's not so much that they're living in their hundreds because of some magic. They're living there because of the magic of the earth. They're closer to the earth. They eat a lot better. And they don't, ain't no stressing. I mean, they're already a hundred fucking years old. There ain't nobody running around there stressing them out. But it's not like that all over the world because there's too much stress going on. People just don't know the capacity. And uh, there's too many working for too many different things then. It's chaos in itself. So, you know, all that's going to actually do is bring down <laughs> his killing man. But anyway, uh, as far as magic, I had so much to say. I wrote this shit down. Uh, well, I think I did say it. Magic is love, huh? Or is it in the name of love? <laughs> But no, that, that's pretty much it. I pretty much covered it. Mm, I don't know why I write things small, you know. And usually I don't even, uh, I write things down. I write every fucking thing down. Now, I write things down that way I remember things. I generally remember things once I've written it down. Because it's like writing it on my brain somewhere. So if I write it, I kind of remember it. I can refer back to it. I know I read it somewhere. And uh, though I write things, I write them small sometimes because I write so much and I write it on a page and always running out. I might start out big and write small. I never start on a line. I may start at the top, but then I might go all over because I got different thoughts and then I flip a page, and oh, Lord knows if I got one fucking page, it's get tiny. And I actually need a telescope <laughs> to see some of this writing in my eyes. Not the best in the world. So I got glasses that make it magical. And they had glasses way back in the day. But anyway, 
as magic and um, there you go.